There are extremely loud and violent voices on the left rooting for the demise of the United States of America. No, it's not that Donald Trump is president. It's not that America is too white or too racist or even too Christian. It's that America has this system of government that gives the people too much power, and too many of those people, in the opinion of the leaders of the left, are not capable of the rights they've been allowed to participate in, particularly the First Amendment and its guarantees of freedom of religion, freedom of speech, a free press, and the right to peacefully assemble. Friends, the leaders on the left loathe these fundamental principles. Deep down, they believe, as Karl Marx did, that the bulk of humanity is incapable of functioning with such freedoms. We're too stupid, we're too ignorant, or too inherently dumb to be allowed such privilege. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, GLAD, Planned Parenthood, Move On, they all have the same ultimate goal the total transformation of America as we know it. They relish in these nightly riots we've been seeing across the country. They scream with delight when a patriotic statue crashes to the ground, and they don't shed a tear, not even a shred of a tear, when a police officer dies trying to keep the peace. In fact, if they were to get their way, they would not just totally destroy America, they would totally expunge the United States of America from the history books. This is Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom, Episode 64. I'm Brian Sussman. Okay, for the sake of discussion, let's remove the United States from history. Let's pretend the British won the American Revolution. First, there would be the unbelievable number of lives lost. After all, during that war, the British Army demonstrated a penchant for absolute brutality. For example, for example, when a small force of colonial rebels waved the white flag to surrender in Waxhaw, South Carolina in May of 1780, the Redcoats, the Brits, simply slaughtered them. Of course, America ended up winning the war, but America suffered terrible losses in the process, about 25,000 casualties, or roughly 1% of the colonial population. That would be the equivalent of a modern war claiming more than 3.5 million U.S. lives. Just think of the casualties if America lost that war. Post-war, colonial America would have been a pretty bad place. Hungry, impoverished, food crops that were being raised in North America would be sold off or shipped to England. The result would have been famine akin to what occurred in Ireland in the 1840s. Additionally, the British would have brutally punished American rebels by seizing their personal land and their homes just as they seized the estates of Scottish nobles who supported a rebellion against British rule back in the day. And there would have been grotesque religious persecution. Those Christians, not of the Church of England, would have been publicly executed. Those who long for liberty would have been imprisoned. Now, fast forward in our counterfactual look at history. If we assume the First World War happened, 
who would have won. I, I know this is not a popular statement to make these days, especially before progressive historians who live to sell their revisionist lies to young liberal skulls full of mush, but this must be stated. Had the United States not intervened in World War I back in 1917, Germany would have won the war. The French and British were barely hanging on. By year-end 1917, France had lost, get this, 3 million men in the war. Britain, 2 million. The French army actually mutinied in 1917. Half of its demoralized combat divisions refused to attack the Germans. And the British fared little better in 1917. They lost 800,000 men in the course of that year alone. The waning of the French and British in 1917 couldn't have come at a worse moment when the Germans had crushed the Russians and the Italians and they began deploying 100 fresh divisions to the Western Front for a war-winning offensive in 1918. They had 3.5 million Germans in their army with absolute military superiority, especially when it came to their artillery against two and a half million demoralized British and French soldiers. So what saved the day? Well, the Americans. The United States declared war on Germany in April of 1917, drafted a million-man army in the ensuing months, and deployed it hurriedly to France in the winter of 1917-1918. And yes, it was bloody. And yes, it was ugly. War always is. But in 1918, Americans saved Britain and France in the spring and summer and destroyed Germany in the fall. Now, let's just continue down this road. What if Hitler and his theorists of a superior race came to power in Germany? Hitler wanted all of Europe, and then he wanted the world. The UK, I guess, would have stood alone against Hitler. But with no U.S. to support it, they would have likely have been bombed to oblivion. Then Hitler would have turned his full attention to the USSR. How this would have turned out is anyone's guess, but it would have been the theory of the superior race versus the theory of the superior political mindset as crafted by Karl Marx. Oh, and let us not forget heartless imperial Japan, who wanted the Far East at the same time. Japan would have not had the U.S. to challenge their aggression, and they would have taken the East. It would have been beyond ugly. It would be a prison planet. But now there's this this growing hatred of the United States within its own borders. Indeed, just read the blog posts by operations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and you'll be hit upside the head by their determination to turn America as we know it upside down. Truth is, there's a man named Donald Trump who recognized this early on and decided to run for president at a time when America was experiencing a weakening in its foreign influence and an overextension of its military and a serious economic downturn, including a sharp devaluation of its currency. This became Trump's recipe for success. Make America great again. Now, of course, this is not to say the nation is perfect. It has made mistakes. 
obviously since the beginning of time, every country has. Obviously, since the beginning of time, every human has made mistakes as well. And that's why when I watch the news and I watch these representatives from some of these left-wing crazy groups on television, I, I would just love to ask them about the sin in their own life. They act as if they're as pure as the wind-driven snow. My God, the hatred in their hearts, you can see it in their eyes. But how about in terms of the benevolence and charity of this imperfect nation? What nation in history has exercised the generosity and desire to protect the freedoms of others as had the United States? What nation in history has provided food, and clothing, and medicine, and aid to those around the world, as has the United States. Oh, I forgot, we're racist. Uh, Tell that to the impoverished people on the African continent, who have received billions of tons of food from nonprofits based in the United States, as well as direct aid in the form of food from the U.S. government. We have been a blessing. The people of the United States have been a blessing. The disappearance of America would mean that already struggling nations would be on their own. Now, allow me to reemphasize this. For many decades, the United States has been the world's breadbasket. We provide about half of the food consumed by the hungry masses of the third world. The United States has been a generous benefactor lending to troubled regions and then forgiving loan debts when struggling nations couldn't repay. Even those nations that had lost a war against the United States emerged victorious in a sense, financially speaking, thanks to generous American post-war reconstruction aid. The United States gave post-war Germany and Japan the means to become fierce economic competitors against the nation that had defeated them in battle. Searching the pages of history, one would be hard-pressed to find a more giving people than the Americans. America's impact on the world has been unprecedented, my friends, through manufacturing, aid programs, exports, free trade, and more. America has shared its prosperity like no nation before it. Okay, here's another one for you. For four centuries prior to 1950, Global gross domestic product, GDP, rose by less than 1% a year. Since 1950, it has risen by an average of 4% a year. And billions of people around the world have been lifted out of poverty as a result. I'll add another one for you. Language. Language has been another export from America and, quite frankly, Great Britain that has dramatically influenced the world. One out of four people around the world speak English to some level of competence. And effective communication has a multitude of silver linings, including helping us all get along. Besides wealth and language, democracy has been another major export of the United States. While also far from perfect, this system of government has generally promoted peace and freedom wherever it has been instituted. 
In the late 1700s until the close of the 1800s, no more than five countries around the world could have ever considered themselves democracies. With America's growing influence on global politics, that number increased to 30 by 1950, and now now there are 120 democracies around the world. Following the Second World War, the United States became the prominent player on the world stage and became a sort of global sheriff. And as such, since the close of World War II, a third world war so far has been averted largely because of America's efforts. I mean, think of the closest thing to it. It was the Cold War between the United States and Russia, and nothing happened. Large numbers were not killed. No mass troop transports took place. Allies of either nation were not dragged into a long, violent conflict. A disastrous worldwide war was avoided when a president, who, by the way, was despised by the left, shouted to the leader of Russia's Soviet Union, tear down this wall. That patriot was Ronald Reagan. The power of the United States has been the biggest factor in the preservation of great power peace. The United States military power and foreign policy has acted as the glue that has kept the current world order from splintering into chaos. America and its might has kept other countries with a history of aggression in check. Specifically Russia and China, and of course you could throw in many Islamist countries into the mix as well. It's really interesting, in my opinion. Historians clearly recognize what happened regarding the United States' ascension to great heights, but they can't provide a full explanation of why. Some give credit to capitalism or the character and work ethic of the American people. Others believe it's the nation's form of government or its constitution that brought its greatness. But I personally believe that God is the source of America's unprecedented wealth, influence, and power. I personally believe it's, it's the millions of people who pray on their knees every day for this country. But let's take that sense of spirituality back even further, because you could say that the soaring prosperity America has been blessed with could well be due to the exceptional faith of those 100 born-again Christians known as pilgrims who fled their native England due to persecution from the Church of England in 1620. Nearly half of them died during their first winter in what is now known as the state of Massachusetts. But they put together a founding document known as the Mayflower Compact, which begins with the words, quote, in the name of God, and continues by saying, have an undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation. I know that passage was wordy, 
lengthy, hard to comprehend. But what these pilgrims were sacrificing for was the hope that there would be a country that would be a blessing to the world, an extension of God's hand to the world. In fact, did you know that Harvard University was the first college founded in the United States of America? Harvard, liberal Harvard, was founded as a Bible college to train young Americans to go out in the world and preach the gospel and become a blessing to other parts of the world. That's why Harvard was founded. That was the heart of the patriots that founded this country. You see, my friends, it was God who lifted America above the other nations, making it great. And my concern is, if the godless national disobedience we are currently witnessing is not curtailed, and slowly continues to grow, God may remove his providential hand of blessing from the United States of America. The radicals on the left want a world without America as we know it, which will lead to nothing but chaos and catastrophe because that's what existed before America came into being. And that's another reason for wanting to make America great again. I am going to close this edition of Hidden Headlines with a poem by William Ralph Emerson. William Ralph Emerson is not to be confused with his second cousin. That was Ralph Waldo Emerson. Ralph Waldo Emerson, a a progressive liberal of his time, also perhaps an atheist. Uh, William Ralph Emerson was none of that. He writes a poem talking about the wealth and weapons and pride of a nation. He says, that's not what makes a nation strong. It's the people. It's the people. People like you and me. And he writes in this poem, What makes a nation's pillars high and its foundation strong? What makes it mighty to defy the foes that round it throng? Is it the sword? Ask the red dust of empires passed away. The blood has turned their stones to rust, their glory to decay. Not gold, but only men a people great and strong, men who for truth and honor's sake stand fast and suffer long, brave men who work while others sleep, who dare while others fly. They build a nation's pillars deep and lift them to the sky. It's brave men and women like you listening to this podcast who yearn for peace, who long for truth, who understand that we are an imperfect nation, but let's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you, William Emerson, for that poem. God bless this nation, perhaps now more than ever. And God bless you, my friends, for listening to this special edition of Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. This podcast is produced and paid for by me, 
I appreciate your thoughts and prayers, and I do not accept donations or sponsorships. I do this because I love the Lord my God, and I'm grateful for being a citizen of this country. More on me at briansussman.com. I'm also on Facebook, even though my reach is shadow banned, at Brian Sussman Show. And now I conclude with a line formerly used by callers to my San Francisco-based radio program as they would conclude their phone calls to the show. I will now hang up on myself. <laughs>